This is episode 275 where we're chatting about keto as a metabolic state, not a diet, how metabolic keto is different than the diet, adjustments on keto to become more and more metabolically healthy, complementing your keto lifestyle with proper movement, carb cycling to increase metabolic flexibility, and so much more. We talk about all the things. I'm really excited about today's episode. Our guest today is Lauren Weiss who's a behavioral nutritionist specializing in the low-carb keto lifestyle. She worked as a nutrition scientist at the University of California, San Diego, for over a decade and now owns a clinical nutrition practice in La Jolla, California. Lauren is a certified ketogenic nutrition specialist and currently offers remote ketogenic and metabolic health consulting all over the world. She is also a contributing writer for dietdoctor.com. You can find her work by going to lahoyanutritionalhealth.com, and I'll include that link in the show notes today. Now, we chat about treats and how to have a more balanced relationship with treats. Lauren mentions wine and chocolate, and I had to include some details in the show notes about my favorite wine and chocolate. First off being Dry Farm Wines. You can head on over to dryfarmwines.com slash Leanne Vogel for a little offer there. Um, you get a bottle of wine for a penny. It's pretty sweet. It's keto-friendly wine. And I've also linked up to three of my favorite chocolate bars. I'm I'm a chocolate connoisseur. Let's just say that. There's got to be a, an official name for it. But all of these chocolate bars are under six grams of sugar per serving. There's one for two grams, one for four grams, one for six grams. I prefer the two gram one, but I gave you some options there. Just if you're looking for treats that um, help with the approach that Lauren shares today. Now, Lauren takes a very different approach to keto than what I do. And there are always a lot of questions or usually often some questions about why I would have guests on the show that differ from me in my approach. And that's because all of us are so different and we're so bio-individual. And that's what makes this process sometimes challenging because what I recommend may not work for you. And some of my protocols may work, some of them won't. Maybe you try Lauren's protocols, some of hers work, some of them don't. And that's why I have different guests on this show, just so you can learn and bend and flex and start to discover different ways of doing things. Now, the more you introduce your body to different things, you're going to notice very quickly what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Now, when Lauren discusses going very, very low calorie or what I would consider very low calorie, that was quite triggering for me as somebody who's um, overcome an eating disorder. So if you have a disordered relationship with food or you have in the past and it's still, you know, like I would consider myself to be a little bit soft around the edges when it comes to uh, disordered eating tendencies. So when Lauren was talking about this, it was quite triggering for me. So I also want to highlight that for those of you who, like me, have a history of an eating disorder. Now, her approach, like I said, is different and that's okay. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, cool. I know that the approach of eating low calorie and cutting fat quite drastically in order to get into a fat burning state by using body fat would result in my hormones getting quite messed up. And so um, I wanted to highlight there um, just so that you knew and having said all of this, if you're really interested in this topic of metabolic health, um, on November 8th, it is going to be episode 
279. I'm having Casey on the show to chat with me about glucose monitoring, continuous glucose monitoring. So if this is of interest to you, Lauren and I chatted about this a little bit throughout the episode, and I'm going to be using a continuous glucose monitor for a couple of weeks, I believe up to a month. We'll see how I do. Um, And I'm going to be reviewing the continuous glucose monitoring in that episode. So listen for that. It'll be coming out November 8th. We're going to be chatting all about why glucose monitoring may be the best route to discovering whether you're in ketosis and it takes a whole different view of things, which is very, very fascinating and really, really allows us to embrace our bio-individuality, which I'm really getting into and really have been uh, teaching this for the last 10 years. So um, a great, beautiful tool. I can't wait to try it and then review it and let you know what I think. So a couple of housekeeping items. If you have questions about today's content, you get stuck somewhere, you're not sure, please go to helpfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. I'm also working on episodes for 2021. I can't even believe the year is almost to a close. So if you have ideas for episodes for next year, um, guests that you want to see on, topics that you want covered, questions you want answered, please head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and put in those ideas. I love uh, creating a show that you like and that you want to hear with topics that interest you. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes of today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Just look for episode 275. And if today's conversation about weight and calories and macros is a little bit triggering and you're looking for a different way to heal your body, you can check out happyketobody.com for a program that I've developed that takes a very different approach. And like I said, different is not always bad. (laughs) So I really am looking forward to hearing your thoughts about Lauren's approach and how she looks at the ketogenic diet, or rather the ketogenic metabolic state, which I've chatted about a bunch in the past also. So without further ado, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? Really good. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You are one brilliant human and I can't wait to pick your brain. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So um, we were chatting before pressing record and I would really love for us to set up today's episode by you defining what keto means to you, how you define keto in your work. Um, I think it'll be really beneficial for people to really get this um, definition right off the bat before we dive in. So I don't see keto as a quote diet, which a lot of people see it as. I really see keto as a metabolic process and it's, and it's a way of eating and it's also a lifestyle with other components other than just what we're eating that creates optimal metabolic health in our body, meaning our bodies become metabolically flexible. Um, only about 12% of Americans we know are metabolically healthy. So there's a lot of people out there where their their metabolic health and their metabolism is just not working properly. And what I see keto does is it, it 
really creates this healthy metabolism. And along with that, when you do that, you have all these amazing health benefits as a result. And I guess with this approach then, would keto then always be shifting and changing because it's more of a a protocol that one is following um, that would, I guess, change as the metabolism changes or is it pretty much a protocol that would stay pretty consistent can you explain a little bit about how that would be different? Because our listeners are like, keto's a diet. You know, I follow these macros and this is what it is and it's a diet, but you're, you're going at it from a whole different perspective, which I agree with you. You know, we have glucose burning and then we have fat burning um, and they're very different protocols. So can you explain a little bit about how your keto approach would be different from somebody that sees keto as a diet? Right. So the ultimate goal of keto is, as you said, to get ourselves metabolically flexible and be able to use glucose when that's available and use fat when the glucose is not available. So alternating back and forth between fuel sources. So it, keto is evolving. And I think it depends on what the ultimate goal of the individual is in terms of whether it's evolving or not. I have um, keto programs. I also have keto coaching programs. So as different goals evolve, I sometimes I will change the keto macros, or I will change some of our approach, our, our approach, or I will change intermittent fasting regimen or exercise regimen. So I definitely think it's always evolving. And I tell my clients all the time, I've been on keto for years, and I'm still changing regimens, and I'm still learning about myself as more and more technology comes out and more information comes out about keto. I'm always trying it on myself. And I tell people it's not a diet. It's not a short term change. It is a lifestyle and you will always be learning about yourself and getting your body metabolically flexible is the greatest gift you can ever give yourself. Mm, yes. And before pressing record, you were telling me that was it 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy? <laughs> right. That is the, mo the most recent statistics have shown that 12% are metabolically healthy. And just because you're thin doesn't mean you're metabolically healthy. Not everybody who is thin is metabolically healthy. And I actually think the number is lower than that. There's a certain definition of what the paper used that cited this information. You know, none of the metabolic syndrome components um, basically in terms of being metabolically healthy. But you know, if, if we continue on this path that we are on, everybody will ultimately be metabolically inflexible. Mm, and do you feel like metabolic inflexibility can still continue on the general ketogenic diet? Because you know, 99% of the women listening, uh, mostly women, are already on a ketogenic diet. And they might be thinking, well, I'm doing keto. And so my metabolism or my metabolic health rather is awesome because I'm doing keto. But where do you see that disconnect looking at the ketogenic diet versus seeing keto as a metabolic state? I think that people following a keto diet are getting metabolically healthy. Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. If you have created a fat adaptation in your body and your body now is able to know how to use fat for energy and know after they've eaten a meal, it might be using some glucose during a fasted state or after you've had a meal an hour or so after you've had a meal, it can then transfer back into burning fat for fuel. Then somebody is metabolically flexible. 
but there's a different definition for keto in everybody. And uh, a more natural approach to keto is really the way I go. It doesn't mean we can be living off of keto products for every single meal. You know, there's a, there's a time and a place for that, but creating a lifestyle as natural as possible and the mo a mostly whole food approach is going to get you as healthy as possible. Yes, completely. Um, I couldn't agree with you more on the whole food approach. And I, I don't know how long you've been, how long have you been in the keto space for? About two years. Okay. Yeah. So you've probably seen the shift, you know, back in 2014, um, we didn't have a lot of products. And so we were just okay. eating like random stuff, mostly whole foods because we couldn't, there were no products out there, but I'm sure now, as opposed to way before, like there's just so many options of bars and snacks and supplements. And what I'm hearing from you is you're more of a whole food, like let's go to the source kind of approach. Yes. As much as possible. I mean, we're trying to create a lifestyle. So taking every single uh, sweet away from somebody is never going to create a lifestyle because eventually that will backfire. So for my clients, I tell them, you know, if you love chocolate, you know, have some keto chocolate available when you want it. So you're not reaching for something else. And if you love wine, there's keto wine options. So really being prepared and knowing what your triggers are in order to, to create a lifestyle and not be mentally disappointed when you do have a craving and you don't have the keto sweets there for you. So I think it's really important to be prepared, but I tell my clients only one keto product a day max. And my clients, I'm an international nutritionist, so I have clients in Africa and I have clients in Australia, and they don't have these keto products available. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different for them. They can't just reach for a bar. Everything has to be planned and homemade. And, and I'm seeing better results in those people because they're not living off of the bars. I mean, I have people, I have, teen, I have teenagers coming to me eating two bars for breakfast, two bars for lunch, and they're wondering why they're gaining a ton of weight. And we just can't live off of these. And also a lot of the keto products have you know, omega-6 oils in them and they have processed oils. And this is, you know, we're trying to reduce inflammation as much as possible. So my, my recommendation to my clients is 90% what I call clean and fresh and whole and 10% you know, processed if you need it but really 90%, um, I, I really promote the, the healthiest diet possible. So I started using a new app. It's called Sleep Cycle. And for $0, Sleep Cycle empowers humans to become aware and get to know themselves better through their sleep patterns without having to know anything about sleep or change the way you do life. No intrusive gadgets or gizmos. Everything is on the app. You can go to sleepcycle.com slash keto today to start improving your sleep for free. With free and premium features, you'll be able to achieve better sleep, restore your body to balance and improve your relationship with your body. A click of your screen before your head hits the pillow and you wake up gifted with a free analysis on the quality of your sleep, receive insights and to-dos so you can achieve better sleep, including free training and so much more. Remember to go to sleepcycle.com keto and you will also get access to Sleep Cycle Premium for seven days absolutely free. Payment info is required, but you can cancel for free at any time. That's sleepcycle.com dot com slash keto and start improving your sleep tonight.
it's so easy, like you said, to get in, to default to the, you know, I'll have a bar sometimes and then it turns into a bar every day. And then it's like two bars a day, three bars a day. I've so been there and it's just more convenient <laughs> and, it, and it definitely happens. But when we start seeing it as that treat and that luxury of just like, I'm going to have a bar sometimes, it really goes a long way. Now we just chatted about Keto being, you know, if you're following a ketogenic diet, you're ultimately benefiting your metabolic health, but I'm sure there are levers. Like I know in your, in your approach, you know, fasting, caloric intake, um, glucose monitoring levers that you can pull to adjust your metabolic flexibility or metabolic health even further. Can we chat a little bit about each of these three calories, fasting and monitoring because people have different approaches to this or they don't, they don't include it in their protocol? Right. So a lot of different keto experts or keto nutritionists take different approaches. Some say you don't have to count calories. Keto, um, creating keto macros will automatically create a calorie reduction because we know ketones suppress appetite. We know that fat increases satiety. So ultimately, I do think that you need to create a calorie deficit if weight loss is your goal. Now, I am on a ketogenic diet, and, but weight loss is not my goal. So I do it for some of the other benefits. So my macros are going to be different than someone that is looking for weight loss um, as a goal of this lifestyle. So I, I do think that calories are important. I still believe in the concept of calories in, calories out. You still need to expend more than you're taking in. So for my clients who come to me for weight loss, I'm not going to wait around for the appetite reduction to happen. Because if they're not seeing continuous weight loss every week, I'm going to lose them. So I do make calorie adjustments. I do compute their metabolic rates to give an estimation. And then I do take calories down and compute macros from that deficit. Because if they're not in a deficit, there's no reason for their fat stores to ever be called upon. And I think that's a big misconception with keto is that it's a high fat diet. I actually don't think it's a high fat diet. I actually think it's a lower fat diet than what we're eating than the, than the normal Western diet. It's just now that you're tracking all the fat you're eating and you go, wow, I'm eating so much fat, but it's actually not any more than you're eating in a, in a normal situation, not on keto. And the big, the, the big lesson I teach my clients is that you have to reduce the fat on a ketogenic diet in order for your own fat to be called upon to, to, uh, to be used for energy. So if you're eating 80% of your calories from fat, there's no reason why your fat, your own fat stores ever have to be called upon. And so I do change macros a lot and I do watch fat and I do reduce fat. Um, and along with that, we have to be in a calorie deficit. So um, in this approach then, um, if we're not eating 80% fat, do you increase the protein or because you're eating more whole foods, you find that they're eating a little bit more carbs than 5% or kind of like, what would that look like? Well, the, the macros end up not being the 525, 70 um, keto macros. They end up being, you know, I, I don't change the carbs much. They always will stay around 20 or 25 net carbs. I don't go too much in the protein. I calculate what I think that they are, that their body is using and needs because we don't want, especially for someone who's insulin resistant, we don't want to have them eating too much protein. And the, the reduction in fat is what creates the calorie deficit. So that's, that's kind of my approach. It might be a little different than a normal keto macro, but 
I consider fat from your own adipose tissue as a contribution to fat macros. So it could still be that 70, 75, 80%, but some of that, about 25% of that is coming from your own fat. It's not all dietary fat. It has to be about 75 dietary fat and 25% has to come from your own fat. So in terms of the keto macros, they still are the real keto macros. It's just the fat is coming from two sources of fat, not just the, not just the diet. Right. And that's achieved by lowering the calories, right? Absolutely. The fat calories. Okay. Right. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that the fat calories. So then a step further, I guess, if you're lowering calories, are you encouraging people to fast? Do you find that fasting protocols are helpful because you're eating less and it's easier? I find to fast as opposed to eat a small breakfast, a small lunch, a small dinner, you know, how, how is your approach to fast? Right. So in my program, the first month, um, we do regular keto and I don't incorporate fasting in. I wait until we are fat adapted so your body actually understands and knows that it is gonna use fat for energy when nothing else is available. When you get to that point, usually in the second month, then I tell people to try starting intermittent fasting because then your body already knows it's burning fat. So during the fast, and you're not, you're not providing any fat or any calories to your body, there's only one other place for it to, to create energy. And that is from, from your own fat. So that's why I wait. I wait for keto adaptation. Then I wait for fat adaptation. When I feel like that has happened, um, I look at their body composition. I look at their weight. I track macros. I track ketones. When I think that has happened, then I introduced intermittent fasting because fasting for people who've never fasted before, it's a scary word. It's a scary concept. Oh my gosh, you're going to take food away from me. I can't eat for 16 hours. It's too much too soon. So I really wait for the natural reduction in appetite to happen. We know that ketones suppress some of those appetite hormones. I wait for that to happen. I wait to see people who are who have reduced their calories automatically also and then i say okay let's try one or two days of fasting and everybody loves it and it it just becomes a more natural progression as part of this ketogenic lifestyle so i think it is very very important on your road to metabolic health that's why i say it's not just a diet there's many components of the ketogenic lifestyle the, the diet, the nutrition being one of them, then incorporating intermittent fasting. Then when people have incorporated that, then I talk about exercise and I talk about this high intensity resistance training that is this amazing complement to the ketogenic lifestyle. Then we talk about stress. We talk about some behavioral modification and all of this is required to really achieve optimal metabolic health. It's not just about what you're eating. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. And so with the 
if somebody's coming to you, say they're in their mid forties, they're a woman, you know, they're having some of those signs of their metabolic health being off, like weight gain, fatigue, the belly fat, inability to focus. And they have these metabolic issues and they trust you. They're on this keto lifestyle protocol. They're loving it. Then they start fasting. But if somebody is severely metabolically broken, you know, and their health is so, so low, do you find that some people take quite a while to get to that place of the hunger hormones are going down, um, they're satiated on keto. Like, do you find that the experience is different depending on the met- metabolic health they're coming into this protocol with? Yes, it, I, I do see a difference. And that's why I have my coaching program. I have people can send me their, um, their macros for the day. People can text me. I do a lot of behavioral intervention and talk about goals for the week. It's not like, okay, I want to lose 50 pounds. And, you know, then you feel like it's never been achieved. So Mm. I really hold people's hand through this process. And I am able to know when their body has, has had the metabolic shift. I would not, if I didn't see the metabolic shift, I wouldn't then tell somebody to start fasting because it would, it would completely backfire. I'm a, I've been through this with hundreds and hundreds of people. I can now, and, and I'm learning with everybody. Everybody's different. But I think I've had enough experience now where I am able to pinpoint the metabolic shift. And I tell my clients, you t- this morning I text somebody, you are now fat adapted. Let's decide kind of what our next steps are going to be. And is this specifically with your group nutrition program that you're referring to? This is with, well, I have, I have one program right now, a ketogenic nutrition program. So part of that process is they, they have the keto coaching component. So we have a few really big, deep um, educational sessions up front. I set macros and then they kind of go on their own, but they can always text me. They always have access to me. Every week we set goals. Every week we they do weigh-ins or body composition reporting or ketone reporting. So they have access to me all the time. Um, You know, I have sore thumbs sometimes because I am texting a lot of clients about different things that are happening throughout the day because they can't wait a week to really talk about something. If they have a really big issue, they will submit that to me and I will discuss that at weekly office hours. So we have live Zoom office hours every week. All of my clients are invited to that. I usually talk about one keto related idea or topic for the, for the first 10 or 15 minutes of those office hours. Last week it was COVID, the week before it was visceral fat, whatever it is. And then people can ask me questions. So if it's more in depth, they'll submit the questions to me earlier in the week. So if I need to use images or if I need to create something beyond just a question answer, I can answer that. But we have discussions and it really is amazing for other people to see what other people are going through. Last week, there was an alcohol question, you know, how much alcohol can I have? And, and four other people in my group, you know, had the same issue. So it re- that social support is so, so important. Um, and I, it's a really great part of my program, which is, it's been, a, it's a new addition. I feel like having that group coaching and learning from one another and knowing that you're not alone, you know, when you're doing it by yourself and you're meeting with your nutritionist or your healthcare provider, whatever it is, you can often feel like I'm all alone. I've nobody else experiences these things. So it's nice to have that group component and something that I, I really enjoy also as a practitioner and also as a client of various, of various things. So I think that's really, really great to have that support. Right. I think it's um, a really, really important part. 
of, of creating a long-term lifestyle change. Mm, yes. And so the last piece um, of the levers we were talking about is monitoring. You know, we've chatted about calories, fasting, monitoring. Do you test ketones? Do you do glucose? Tell me what, tell me what your approach is like. So we monitor macros. So um, we use software. Um, Card Manager is what we use. And in the first month of the program, I need to see you, you get a kind of a progress wheel at the end of the day. And it tells me how much carbs you've had, how much protein, um, how much fat, how many calories, how much fiber. And I monitor that because the goal is, and that's really for the first month until they've become fat adapted. And if I see something that you know, looks off, then I will make those changes. And I, won't, I, can't, I can't make the changes if I don't know what's happening. So food is monitored for the first week until fat adaptation. Fat adaptation. If people wanna stop monitoring at that point, their macros at that point, because they feel like they can stay somewhat within their macros without monitoring, then they can do that. I have a lot of people who send me their wheels almost every day for months and months and months and months because, and then also if I see a weight stall, if weight loss is one of the goals, I see a weight stall, I can easily be able to look at three or four days and figure out what's going on. I don't let my clients stall for more than one week if weight loss is a goal. And I am able to adjust macros during a stall in order to, to get out of the stall. So in terms of monitoring, that's one way I monitor. I do advocate ketone monitoring. I really do like my clients to use the blood monitors. That is the, the gold standard for ketones. Um, so, so we do do ketone monitoring and I will ask ketones um, if I have a concern of, you know, whether someone's in ketosis or whether they've been away and coming back and but, you know, I always tell people you don't have to be in ketosis to lose weight. But when you're on a ketogenic lifestyle, you just automatically are in ketosis. And then I have become really super interested in glucose monitoring. And um, as we were talking about before, I just was wearing a continuous glucose monitor. I just took it off last week. And it really is incredible to see what foods affect your glucose levels and what moods affect your glucose levels and stress can affect your glucose levels. Some days my glucose was high and I didn't eat anything. I, I didn't even eat any carbs. So it's interesting to see that different things can affect your, your glucose levels. Um, I did find that berries, which you know are keto-friendly food, really increased my glucose levels mostly. So I made some modifications of not just having the berries alone. I add some heavy whipping cream or something, you know, or some nuts or something to bring down that glucose response. And it only went to around 100, a little bit over 100. But it's interesting to see kind of what foods do that, um, right? So I think that monitoring is incredible. I, I, I really originally did it because I wanted to see how my coffees were affecting my so-called fast. So instead of pricking my finger 20 times, um, I decided to, to get the monitor. And, you know, I do do a 16-8 fast every day, um, but I do like my coffee first thing in the morning. My dog wakes me up really early and I just feel like it's calming and I have a little bit of coffee and I can then make it through to that 16 or 18 hours or whatever that might be. So I did get that monitor to test 
different types of coffee concoctions, whether it was black coffee, um, black coffee with just maybe a little bit of heavy cream. I tested a bulletproof coffee. So now I know, you know, I don't consider introducing coffee as a fast, but I wanted to be able to stay in a fasted state. So looking to see if there was any blood sugar response or reaction to the coffee during the fast was my ultimate goal and the reason I did the monitoring. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice, free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to high-quality protein sources less expensive and more available to all. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher-quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox since 2017 and love Love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it. Their ground sausage is a dream. It's my personal favorite. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to build a bundle that fits you and your family and start eating high quality meat without all the hassle of searching high and low for the good stuff. And I would love to know what was the outcome with coffee for your body? So coffee for my body, black coffee didn't do anything. Black coffee with one tablespoon of heavy cream did not do anything and surprisingly bulletproof coffee with one monk fruit sweetener did throw me really high but then i took the sweetener out and it did not it did not change my glucose so i can basically stay in that fasted state i don't consider bulletproof coffee to be allowed during a fast because it really is a lot of calories but in terms of glucose for me it did not deviate my, my um, glucose. You know, they say kind of rule of thumb, if it shoots it up by five units, then you're kind of out of that fast. So sometimes even after a black coffee, my glucose went down because it's always higher in the morning anyway because of the dawn phenomenon. So really playing around with it and seeing um, what foods, you know, change your glucose. It's really fascinating Though we talked about. It can be an obsession because all you have to do is hold your phone up to your arm and you get a glucose reading. So my kids I thought I was absolutely nuts, you know, walking around with this thing on my arm with my phone up to my arm all the time. Um, but it really was fascinating. And um, I will do it again. I do carb cycle. So I will do it again during my carb cycling week, which I do every three months to kind of to see what it, when I do increase my carbs, what kind of response I'm going to get with that also. And it's so fun to have one of those tools that you can bring it sounds like you have a good relationship with these things. Like I know for myself, I'm, I'm getting my um, continuous glucose monitor next week. And I'm like, am I going to become super obsessed about this? Is it going to stress me out even more? It sounds like you have a pretty good relationship to like, okay, well, two weeks was enough. I got some information. I'm really interesting about the monk fruit. Um, something that I know even with stevia that I react to. And so it'll be fun to kind of play around with that and actually validate the feelings that I have when I have certain foods. Yeah, it's really fun. And everybody responds differently. My clients said, well, can I have monk fruit? Can I have stevia? I said, everybody responds differently. I've seen people do research. And in some people, the sweetener will elicit a blood sugar and insulin response. And in other people, it won't. So I wanted to know for myself, you know, what, what created that response. So I actually have taken monk fruit out of my coffee, just period, because I don't need it. And I thought it wasn't creating any kind of glucose response and I thought wrong. So having this information is really, really cool. And I, and I hope that, 
these monitors become more readily available for people. It's very hard to get one right now. And I'm hoping they become more readily available so people can start to learn about their, their glucose response because we know if there's a glucose response, there's an insulin response. And the goal of the ketogenic lifestyle is to keep the insulin as low as possible. So if you're eating foods creating this response, you wanna maybe think about taking those out. And so with your keto goal of ultimate flexibility, you mentioned that you, I think it was every three months, you have a carb week. Is that just to continue with that flexibility of, yeah? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So there's no rule of thumb for carb cycling. Everybody does it differently. But the more and more research that I read, I really decided that we don't want to be in ketosis all the time and we don't need to be in ketosis all the time. I think I listened to one of your other podcasts um, talk about this same concept and I was um, in agreement with that, is that we don't want our bodies to forget how to metabolize glucose. Right. So so the goal ultimately is to get fat burning, but then you don't want to always be fat burning. You want to you want your body to be able to recognize when we do eat a carbohydrate. And as you become more metabolically healthy and more metabolically flexible, your body will be able to process carbs. So that's what that's why I think monitoring is so interesting, especially for my clients throughout the program is to be able to see you know, their, their, their carbs should not elicit such a big response, the more metabolically healthy they get. So that is the that is the ultimate goal is really to be able to be metabolically flexible definition is be able to go back and forth between the two fuel sources of glucose and fat. And I don't want my body to forget how to use the glucose. So for five to seven days, every three months, I will do a carb cycling to throw myself out of ketosis. I'm still considered low carb, um, but I do purposely throw myself out of ketosis during that time. And I actually lose weight during that time, which is super interesting um, that that happens, but I'm reducing so much fat. Yeah. Um, many years ago when I was explaining this on stage, it was sort of like, you're over here and you're burning all this glucose and you try to jump over to fat and it's like hitting a wall, you know, and then you bounce back to glucose. But when you get that metabolic flexibility, it's like jumping rope, like you're backpacked and you can just, and that's the flexibility. It sounds like you're, you're referring to of being able to jump and not hit a wall or not have issues and not have insulin resistance and all these things that we've been chatting about to really allow yourself to become as flexible as possible and burn the glucose and the fat. I think that's a great, a great approach. Right. And, and people who are metabolically inflexible never get to that point. They're always burning a mixed source of fuels. And our mitochondria, which is where our energy is produced in our cells, doesn't, they don't like to do that. And eventually they become what they call congested because they don't know what fuel source they're using. They don't know what fuel source they're burning and they like clean one source fuel. They want to burn carbs or they want to burn fat. And you know, due to overnutrition, due to our food supply and due to excess carbohydrate consumption, they have become congested. And what keto does is it decongests them. And that really is the ultimate goal with keto. And once you have done that, you can lose weight. Your metabolism is in order. Your body knows how to burn fat when it's not eating. You prevent you know, almost every chronic disease known to man because you've reversed insulin resistance. And you know, uh, and I I'm, I'm really love all the research with neurological conditions 
um, in terms of keto. That's one of the reasons that I continue to do it because your brain, you know, eventually um, can't metabolize glucose. And now they've got this clean fuel source and they, they're able to use the ketones. So, I mean, the, the, the possibilities and the benefits for keto are absolutely endless. Most people who come to me have some type of insulin resistance and insulin resistance will settle itself somewhere. It's either genetically predetermined, but everybody comes to me with some insulin resistance issue, whether it's PCOS or whether it's migraines or whether it's you know, ob abdominal obesity or whether it's Alzheimer's. I have all of those different types of clients. And once you start to reverse that insulin resistance and you're giving these cells this clean fuel source, and then you're allowing your mitochondria to become decongested and be able to figure out how to produce energy the way they were supposed to produce energy, it's this life-changing process. And, and as I said, it's the greatest gift you can give yourself in terms of health. Such a beautiful explanation and so inspiring as you explain it that way. It makes, it makes me very appreciative of the work that I've done for myself and I'm sure for yourself uh, and also the clients that you get to meet with and, and guide them through this process. It, it completely, like you said, is the greatest gift you could ever provide yourself. Where can people find more from you, Lauren, and how can <laughs> they connect? So I have a clinical practice in La Jolla, California, but right now, um, as most people, I'm all virtual. So uh, you can find me on my website at lajoyanutritionalhealth.com. And so I do uh, ketogenic nutrition consulting. I do coaching. I'm in the middle of developing a 10-week metabolic health program, which is going to talk about this. We're going to touch, touch on all these subjects. Um, I really, you know, as a, as a nutrition scientist, which is what I consider myself, I really educate people on the science. And you don't have to have a PhD to understand what happens to your body when you eat a carbohydrate. Um, in my office hours last week, I actually showed a picture of an organ, a healthy organ, and one with visceral fat around it. And it really... Um, I said, you know, I'm sorry you guys to do this to you, but it's just time that you understand and you see what your organs look like if you do have a fatty liver or if you do have a lot of visceral fat. And it really is a wake up call for everybody to understand what's going on inside and to tell somebody you have to eat less than 25 grams of carbs a day. That's not going to do anything because then they're going to go pick up a cookie and they're not going to understand what happens. So I really go into the science. I really explain insulin resistance. I explain, I have a, a slide that shows a bowl of pasta and what happens to your body once that bowl of pasta is eaten. And I go through the pancreas and the insulin secretion and what happens when you become insulin resistant and where does the, where does this store and how much carbohydrates can we hold in our muscle and our liver and the remainder goes to the fat. I, I discuss all this and I think it really helps people understand that keto is a metabolic process and it's not just a diet. It's not just what you're putting in your mouth. You're changing your body to make it flexible, which is what our ancestors had. And, you know, with the current food supply and the, the message that we need to reduce fat and increase carbohydrate consumption has really um, created the metabolic inflexibility that we're seeing not only in America, but in the world as well. And so if people want to access your programs or learn more about you, they can go to La Jolla Nutritional Health. La Jolla Nutritional La Jolla. Health. 
I'm glad that you <laughs> corrected me on that. <laughs> We're this little town right on the right on the ocean in California, in Southern California. I love that. And we will include uh, all of your links in the show notes today. So if you missed that or you're not sure how to spell it or anything, just look in the show notes and all of Lauren's links and resources will be there. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, Lauren can be found at La Jolla Nutritional Health. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A nutritionalhealth.com. And next up on the show, we have on Wednesday, October 21st, episode 276, Priscilla Blevins is coming on the show interview style. We're going to be chatting about keto for PCOS and thyroid health. Um, It's a very beginner conversation. So if you're just getting into the ketogenic diet and you have PCOS or thyroid imbalances, or you're just looking for um, some intros to the ketogenic diet, it's going to be a great episode for you. Sunday, October 25th, we have episode 277. So I've gathered up all of the questions. I think there's like over 20 that you all have submitted to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. And I'm answering them all. We're chatting about keto weight stalls, CBD oil, fasting, kitchen tips. Oh, it's a whole mishmash of things. I can't wait for this episode. So I will see you there. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.